0: The sermon text for this morning is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the light, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God
1: Thanks, Sean, for jumping in and leading worship this week. It's so exciting to just have so many people with their different styles and voices help lead us in worship in many different ways. You actually brought me back like 15 years to a previous church where a guy always stood and led with his hands doing this, and it was just a joyful time. So thank you for that memory. Let's begin by going to our God in prayer. Father, we gather together to celebrate the coming of our King. He came not as anyone expected, He came as a little child, a baby. But He didn't stay that helpless. Your spirit grew him, and he became a powerful, mighty prophet. He took sin upon himself and rose from the dead to guarantee life eternal for those who trust in him. I pray, God, that in this darkness that we live in, in this world that longs for the return of our king, that you would give us his light today. Give us his light through the word. Give us his light through prayers of the saints and through the songs of our brothers and sisters, give us light that we could go into this world and make the glory of Christ shine into the darkness. Be with us now. Make this word come to life that your light would call us to life in him. Amen. Christmas is a really wonderful time of year full of joy and anticipation, but it's especially, especially joyful for us this year as we are in the midst of a huge boom of babies being born and adopted into Redemption City Church. The birth of a child is such a wonderful, exciting thing. Just nine months before that kid is born, he didn't even exist. Just a father and a mother and the love between them one day burst forth into creating a new life. Every time that happens, it's a little picture of the miracle of creation when God spoke all things into existence. It's a display of what happened in the very beginning where before creation existing, there was just God in his triune love, Father, Son, Spirit, loving one another in such an incredible way that it burst forth into a creation A beautiful creation full of life and light. The birth of children is this constant reminder that God, our creator, is still sustaining life. But the sad reality, as many of us are becoming more and more familiar with, is that it doesn't take long for all the hope and joy of that life to unravel. Adam and Eve quickly introduced the curse into our world, resulting in death, in place of life, sin and sadness instead of peace and joy, darkness overcoming the light. History has repeated this pattern just as soon as it looks like life and light are getting grounded, darkness quickly overtakes it again. Adam and Eve, they did find forgiveness, but Noah's day proved that it didn't last long. Abraham seemed again to be a fresh start, but Jacob's sons ended up lost in slavery in Egypt. Moses rose up and led Israel out of slavery, but her kings marched her right back into Babylonian captivity. Even more recent history in our own lives. Personal experience. When it looks like the light is finally taking over, darkness comes tearing everything down. Our nation... Seemed like it was reaching the heights of prosperity, and then a pandemic brings us to our knees. Or as the church family celebrates the arrival of dozens of children, some are faced with the possibility of death overtaking one of them far too soon. It's tragic when it happens so early, but the reality is that in this creation, death and darkness are going to overtake us all. But Christmas, Christmas is a time to celebrate the hope that light has broken into that darkness. Christmas is a time to remind ourselves that darkness will never overcome the light of the new creation. This is the great message of John's unique gospel story. He's writing to a people who live maybe a couple of generations after Jesus died and rose from the dead, and they had seen all the promises appear to come true in Christ. The king had arrived and he poured out his spirit on people. All these wonderful things are happening. And yet life is getting really hard ever since I gave my life to Jesus. Sure, many people are coming to faith in Jesus, but even many more are rejecting him. Not only rejecting him, but making life even harder for those who are following him. To those followers of Jesus, it just feels like the pattern of history is repeating itself again. Darkness is overtaking the light again. Wasn't Jesus supposed to come and end all of this despair? So John writes this new gospel account of Jesus' life in order to give them a different perspective. Yes, he did come to do that. And yes, it is happening. Let's just look at it a little differently so they can see that darkness will never overcome the light of the new creation. The first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, were all written which, with much more, it's hard to say, logical accounts, ordered accounts of the life of Christ. Matthew emphasizing the messianic expectations of the Old Testament and how Jesus' life matches up with all of the promises for a coming king. And Mark reveals the full identity, human identity of Jesus to highlight him as the perfect man. Luke tells all kinds of stories. He gets so wordy as he tells the story of Jesus, the suffering servant who came to rescue the weak and the needy. John has a little bit different approach. John's perspective is especially unique. He's not just telling you details, small stories about Jesus. He wants you to know more than facts. He's inspiring us with imagery to draw us in to God's recreation story, telling us that God himself is creating a new world and has entered into it to care for it by his own hand, entering into the darkness to plant a light that will never be overcome. These early verses of John's gospel are setting us up for the theme of the entire book, that darkness will never overcome the light of the new creation. There's so much in these verses that are so rich and encouraging, but with it being Christmas, we're just going to focus on three aspects of this that highlight the miracle of Jesus' birth. So in verses 1 through 5 we'll look at the God who creates. We want to know who is this king? Who is this newborn child? Does God even care about us in this difficult world? And then in verses 6 through 11, we do find out how much he cares about us by seeing him as the God who comes. He hasn't left us alone in the darkness. As we celebrate at Christmas time, he has come to become one of us and show us the way out. And finally, we must understand that we don't just respond to this good news by singing Christmas carols for a month, once a year, but 12 to 14 show us that he's the God who calls. He calls us out of the darkness to walk in the light. When we believe in him, we become citizens of a new creation. And now it's our job to continue his work, to bring his light into the darkness. This is how John sets up this new perspective of the birth and life of King Jesus. Let's return to the text, verses 1 through 5, beginning the story with the God who creates. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What incredible encouragement to people who are suffering. The light has not gone out. The first thing that stands out to us in this introduction is John's starting point. Matthew and Luke start with the genealogy and the birth of Jesus. And Mark just jumps right into his ministry. But John goes all the way back to the beginning. He uses the exact same words as Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. The story that John is telling us, he wants us to know he's telling us more than just a story of any man, any, not even any great man. He's not just a great king like David who will rule with justice. He's not just another wise man like Solomon who will help you make good life choices. He's not just another strong man like Samson who will help defeat your enemies. He's not just another priest like Aaron who will remove your sins. He's not just another prophet like Jonah who will bring to you the words of God. He is the word of God. He is God Himself. He's all these things, but He's so much more than these things. He's the one who made the world. He's the one who holds the world together. Everything around you and everything about you is made by Him, and history is unfolding according to His plan and His decree. He supplies the air for every one of the 20,000 breaths you take every day. He provides the electrical impulse for the 100,000 daily beats of your heart. He is behind the choices of every president, every governor, every city council that sets the trajectory of your life. He's the one that speaks light into existence so you don't stub your toe on the doorpost or on the bedpost in the middle of the night. This is all so amazingly beautiful and theologically rich, but it's supposed to also leave us feeling a little conflicted. You read the first verse: how can, how can the word both be with God and be God? I don't get it. And then you keep reading: how can He be in control of all things and yet look around and everything seem to be so out of control? How can he claim that the light is not overcome by the darkness when in my life it feels so much like the darkness is winning? I know many of you are suffering in many ways. And you know I can sympathize with you in that feeling. These questions, depression makes it difficult to get out of bed or your marriage feels like you're never going to get to the point of joy and peace together. You'll wonder if you'll ever get married or if you'll ever have children or if the child you're carrying will ever breathe a single breath. In less than a year, your financial stability came crashing down. You fight and lose your battle with addiction over and over and over. Why does this amazing beautiful, powerful word of God, continue to let these things happen. John begins his gospel in this way to tell us that Jesus isn't just the creator of this busted up world from Genesis 1. He didn't just create and stand back and let it all fall apart. Jesus is also the creator of a new heavens and a new earth that began in his arrival as a newborn baby. Let's keep going in verses six to 11 and see how God addresses our questions, our conflict as the God who comes. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. His own people did not receive him. So now John takes us from all the way back at the beginning of Genesis 1-1, and rushes us forward to a new creation in Christ. In this new creation, God is doing more than just speaking, let there be light. The word that made the light has come to be the light. This is the good news of great joy that we celebrate at Christmas. All these questions, all of the fears that we have, God has come to do something about the persistent darkness. God himself came to fix what humanity broke. We brought the darkness into the world of light. So he is bringing the very source of light into the darkness to make a new creation where darkness will never overcome the light. John is telling us that the birth of Jesus isn't just an arrival of a king to rescue us from our plight. It's the birth of a whole new creation. He's Not only coming to fix our broken past, but to give us a hopeful, eternal future. When John says, in the beginning, he doesn't just want to point you back to Genesis 1.1. He's telling us that Jesus is, yes, the creator, and also this is a new beginning. A new creation starting right in the midst of an old, decaying creation. This just adds a whole new perspective to Christmas. Usually we spend the entire Christmas season looking back to the birth of Jesus, talking about this little newborn baby, the God of the universe, somehow right here in a manger. It is itself quite a miracle. And then if we're a little more gospel centered, then we'll bring that story forward and say that newborn baby came to die on a cross for your sins and rise from the dead. So you could be forgiven and have a relationship with him by his spirit. But John's doing even more than that. He's bringing that story from 2000 years ago forward into our lives to say, you are part of this if you are in Christ. And he grabs hold of your head and twists it forward to say, don't focus on this world, but look at what he birthed. He birthed a whole new creation that is yours in him. Christmas is a time where we shouldn't only be looking back, but also looking ahead. Jesus began a new creation that will only get lighter and brighter and more glorious as we press on towards his face. This contrast between a continuing darkening of the old creation and a lightening of the new one is made clear in the following statements. It says nobody saw his light when he came. The entire world didn't know Him. Even the ones who were given the promise of His coming, they should have known. It was described for them so they would know what to look for. They didn't receive Him. Their minds were so focused on this world, on comforts in this world. They wanted success and prosperity and fame in this world. In this dark, death-filled, decaying world. Even his own disciples didn't understand it. And the moment that he was going to his death on the cross, his disciples scattered. And as his body lay in the tomb, they wept as those without hope. Nobody could see the light. They didn't understand that the light was the light of a brand new creation. They were too focused on this old creation. Everything had seemed backwards, and truly it was the only one who deserved all blessing and all glory and all honor in this world took all darkness and shame upon himself he let the darkness overcome him but this is the pattern of the whole bible the the old must die for the new to rise This didn't mean that he had been defeated. He was only bringing an end to the world that's trapped in sin. His death on the cross was the final nail in the coffin of a dead creation. And three days later, he would rise from the dead, guaranteeing a new creation that will rise from the graves of this old world. Brothers and sisters, death does not have the final say. Depression and despair are only temporary companions. Pain and suffering are just tools chiseling away the parts of you that don't belong in the new creation. When darkness in this world seems to be crowding in, remind yourself that darkness will never overcome the light of the new creation. If you're in Christ, this is the promise of his humble birth, his sacrificial death, and His victorious resurrection. This promise is made for us, not because we were wise enough to figure it out and see the light, or strong enough to will ourselves to walk towards it, but because He is the God who calls us into it. i will finish off with verses 12-14, to 14, seeing the God who calls. But to all who did receive Him, Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Just He just said that the light came into the world and nobody saw it. The whole world ignored it. And then the very next statement is, some saw it. (laughs) Despite his own not receiving him and the entire world not knowing him, there are some who receive him and believe in his name. They believe in what he has done in his life and death and resurrection. They have seen his glorious light. And the result is that they are given the rights of God's own children. Again, that, just that one phrase, to be given the rights of God's children, is full of encouraging, hopeful truth. It means many wonderful things, like God is our Father who provides for us. Jesus is our older brother who defends us. He looks out for us. We have a family of brothers and sisters who walk through the darkness with us. But the hope that John is passing on in his gospel, it includes all of those things, yes, but it's even more. It's that we, as God's children, have an inheritance in the new creation. As children of God, we have a home in the world to come where there's no more darkness and pain and suffering and death, but only light and pleasure and life and joy. So again, the contrast between the old creation and the children of Adam, born into sin, born of the flesh, born into broken bloodlines, broken homes, broken futures, born out of the choices of other people and raised under a roof of darkness. But all who are born into this new creation are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. It is God who birthed us all to trust in Jesus. It is God who opens the eyes of the saints so we can believe in Him. It is God who shows us His light, gives us the light, and calls us into it. To become part of this new creation, you don't just give some intellectual assent to some theological truths. Or you don't even decide that, oh, I'm really sinful and I need God to forgive me. You don't start hanging around a church and hope that you can just hitch a ride along to glory. Jesus says two chapters later, you must be born again. You must be born into this new creation. You must be born by the Spirit to have your eyes open to see the light of the new creation. You must be dead to this old life to be born into the new world. And God loved the world. In this way, He sent His only Son that whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but they would be born into everlasting life. In Christ, a new creation was born. He is both the Creator and the faithful first man of the new creation. Just as all who are born into Adam will experience the death, the certainty of death in the old creation, all who are born in Christ will experience eternal life in the new creation. John will explain later in that new creation, his father has a house with many rooms and he is going to prepare a place for us there and to lead us there. Let not your hearts be troubled, he says. Because in Him, the darkness will never overcome the light of that new creation. Even if the darkness crowds in on this world, it cannot crowd in on our world to come. Have you seen His glory? If you have believed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, if you have turned from your sin, put all of that old life to death, and been born to to a new life, die to that old world. If you have joined yourself to a local church, a body of brothers and sisters, you can have certainty that darkness will never overcome the light of this new creation. We have seen His glory. Death and darkness will not continue forever. They will continue in this old creation until it is swallowed up. But these are only birth pangs of a new creation being born through us who are in Christ. Let's make our Christmas celebrations all about that hope. Jesus didn't just die to forgive our sins, but he rose to guarantee that we will part, be a part of that new creation and to make us now today, his spirit filled lights to go into the world and call others Out of the formless void of the old creation into the new one being born out of the darkness. Many of us have Christmas traditions that we love to bring up every year. If you're newly married, you will often fight about those Christmas traditions and which ones will continue. As you're thinking about your Christmas traditions, add something in there that puts this new creation perspective more than focus more on than just on the birth of Christ and then the good news of his death and resurrection but celebrate at christmas what that purchases for us in the new creation as you enter this last week of advent you have five more days to celebrate the new creation at christmas consider ways to add traditions that bring this future hope of the new creation i'll give you just five things to think about as you want to Maybe adjust your Christmas celebrations. First, you don't have to stop giving gifts, but think about the gifts that you give. Give gifts that point people forward to the new creation. Don't just give things that will make this life more exciting and more comfortable, but things that help people lift their eyes out of the darkness to see Jesus. Make it a tradition to help a struggling family. Escape the pains of this world, or support missionaries, or consider giving more to the church, or take your family, save up your money to take your family on mission. Buy Bibles and other Christian books or videos that point people to the light that Christ offers in the new creation. And then second, don't just celebrate the Christmas season with your natural family the one that's of this world, that was put together in this world. But include your spiritual family in your Christmas celebrations, the ones who will be with you in that world to come. Bridge the gap by combining your families together. Invite your church family to be part of your Christmas traditions so you can remember that this birth that happened in history past was given to be a light to point us to our eternal future. And then do don't just celebrate Christmas with people who already have the light, but be deliberate to invite others out of the darkness to join your traditions that point you to the new creation. What better way to witness to your family or to your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, than to invite them to be part of your Christmas celebration where it's supposed to be all about Jesus anyway. Show them the hope you have at this time, Don't just let this time be a gathering of holy family huddles, but even find a stranger on the street and invite them into your home to join you in the light of the new creation. Fourth, for some of you, Christmas might be especially difficult as a painful reminder of what you have lost. Maybe you lost your job and you can't afford to buy any of your family gifts. Or maybe you lost a family member at one point around Christmas time and just don't get to share the joys of this season anymore. It's just this constant reminder of what you don't have. Don't let the holiday season pull you back into the darkness as you rightly grieve the loss of someone you love. But use that grief to remember that death is just the seed of new life, eternal life. Yes, it hurts to grieve. It hurts to lose a loved one. It hurts to face Christmas with the threat of losing one. Grieve that along with the loss of this old creation, but let it remind you to press on even more passionately toward the light of Christ in his new creation. Finally, let the eternal focus of Christmas, this Christmas promise of a new creation, carry forward into the new year. We need to have this same perspective all year long. I know one person sitting right in front of me who thinks that we shouldn't just focus on Christmas like now this is something that happens all the time the incarnation of Jesus and his death and resurrection are something we celebrate every Sunday. I got an amen from him. (laughs) We need to build our Christmas traditions into our lives, into habits that continue in the weeks and months following Christmas. Don't just read the Bible a little bit more during Advent, but build a routine of reading it every day all year long. Don't just invite people into your home for one Christmas meal, but establish a routine of a bi-weekly or monthly gathering in your own home. Determine not just to be a generous gift giver at Christmas, but be generous. Budget for generosity all year long. Jesus' birth promises us that death, darkness, darkness, we'll never overcome the light of the new creation. Let's give and rejoice and press on as though that is our only hope and our greatest joy. Let's be the people that carry that light into this dark world all year long, walking with our brothers and sisters, faithfully shining the light into our dark moments. Bringing that light into this world to lead others into the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this month of looking at light breaking into the darkness. As at the same time, darkness has tried to overcome me and my family. And this year where darkness has pressed in on the church and our neighborhoods we have this beautiful reminder from John that Jesus birthed a new creation. He didn't just make a new creation. He came to lead us into it. And I pray that everyone in this room would know the glory of Christ. Would not be as those who are in the world but didn't know Him or those who didn't receive Him. Would you, by your powerful, glorious, loving Spirit, Bring us all to new life that we would eagerly, gladly die to ourselves, let go of all the things of this old life, and press on in faithfulness towards the light of the new creation. We thank you that this is guaranteed for us because of the faithfulness of our King, Jesus. Amen.